Hey, it's Monday, and the podcast, good one today. James Comey on the FISA process. He's already apologized. Yeah, it means, uh, you know, an awful lot to us. It, it really does. Now, we took callers on the impeachment trial on whether or not there should be a trial or should he be acquitted. Some interesting ideas came out from the audience that you don't want to miss. Also, uh, our Christmas, you know, snack week at our kids' <laughs> school, mosquito-killing farts. Uh, also, uh, also some Christmas ideas, all on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to Monday. We're glad you're here. A lot to go over. We begin with James Comey when we come back in this one minute. is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, we have some unbelievable Greta Thunberg stuff today. She is going to be a monster. Or, and I hate to say this, I, 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 I say this with respect, I really do, <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a great setup after he just called her a monster. <laughs> well, no, I no, not respect for her, respect oh, for okay. the for, for the yeah. condition. I think she she could be she could be suicidal in her in her short life. You know, we we had the article uh, that was I thought really interesting about just her search for meaning. Yeah, and she says herself that she was really depressed, and this is what's helped find her meaning. And that's how you can kind of understand some of the decisions potentially yeah. that the parents have made. And that, like, if you see a person who's, like, deep depression, she's, you know, she admits she was completely lost in her life and found no meaning in her life. Mm-hmm. And now their daughter is out there doing something that she feels is important. And as, as much as you look at it from the outsider perspective and, and can't understand how you thrust someone like this into the public spotlight, uh, on the other hand, like, I, I you could probably see she's probably a lot more, you know, she, she's probably more herself as they would see it around the house and everything else. So it's a tough, it's a tough one, man, to, to navigate. Boy, this I, I, is a, this, this is, is bad. She's she's taking someone like that and putting them in this position is a recipe for disaster. Disaster, right? disaster. Personally, and I, I hope that doesn't, yeah. you know, God forbid. I hope that something bad doesn't happen. But she's like, she really is uh, become the the face of this movement, and now she's going to put herself in a position where everything that she does is 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 critiqued and and um, you know put under a microscope. And but, that's but, but not, it's but it's also she is she's. She's turning into a monster. She really is. And her parents are to blame. But we'll get into that mm-hmm. in a little while. Um, let me uh, let me just first, let's talk about James Comey. James Comey has come out now and say, do we have the video of James Comey here? I was wrong about FISA. Hmm. Here there are 17 significant errors in the FISA process, and you say that it was handled in a thoughtful and appropriate way. Yeah, he's right. I was wrong. I was overconfident in the procedures that the FBI and Justice had built over 20 years. Mm. I thought they were robust enough. It's incredibly hard to get a FISA. I was overconfident in those because he's right. There was real sloppiness. 17 things that either should have been in the applications or at least discussed and characterized differently. It it was not acceptable. And so he's right. Huh. It's a, a pretty pretty amazing moment there because we heard. How many times from James Comey that this was a perfectly buttoned up process? So we have the audio. Do we still have confidence. the audio from last week where he was saying uh, that it was 
Completely vindicated him? Yeah, completely vindicated him. There was no problems at all. Yeah, we might have two clips just, uh, you know, talking uh, back shop here. We may have two clips of the Comey thing. There's one that's two and a half minutes on our sheet. If we have that one, could we could we roll that out? Because it has the vindication uh, angle in that. Is that possible or no? Do we have any idea on that one? Is anybody talking okay. to us? Um, all right. Well, we'll so that here, while, mm-hmm. we're, while we're waiting for that clip, let's go to, uh, here's Trey Gowdy talking about the Comey apology. I think this morning Comey admitted he was wrong. Sometimes, Maria, Maria uh, it's better late than never, and sometimes it's just too damn late. And in this case, uh, Comey is about two years too late. We could have used his objectivity. We could have used him as a head of the FBI helping Republicans figure out what was happening with FISA instead of thwarting us uh, and obstructing us. So um, he said it was a policy and procedure issue. It's not, Maria. They've always been policies against manufacturing evidence and withholding exculpatory evidence. That's not new. Those aren't new policies. This is a personnel issue. It's the wrong people in the wrong positions of power. That's not going to be fixed with a new policy or procedure. It's going to be fixed by replacing the people who did what they did in 2016. It's a good point made by Trey Gowdy with fascinating hair. Uh, like I, I, I couldn't don't, concentrate. I, I don't know watch, what he was saying. In parts could, of it. Could you play that again, just without the audio? If you happen to be watching Blaze TV, I was think I couldn't. I didn't even see the hair. I couldn't even listen to him because oh, all did I see was the hair. Yeah. Uh, no, I, no, I, I was concentrating on his nose. It's disappearing. It's like just a straight line down his. It's, it's like, is it Beaker? <laughs> he looks a little like Beaker with the little hair on the top and the straight nose. I hadn't seen that before, but <laughs> yeah, it does. Just think of him. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can it's see Beaker. a little bit. I mean, Beaker, and I like Trey. I mean, I, yeah, no, I say this with all respect. Well, you you say this as a man who's made a Kentucky Fried Colonel Chicken uh, T-shirt. Of his own face on the side of a chicken bucket. Yeah, so, I mean, I, mean, we, I we, can laugh at myself. Absolutely. I can laugh at myself. I'm sure he can, too. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> wow. I think we do have the longer clip here of uh, James Comey. Yeah. If we could hear that. I have total confidence that the FISA process was followed and that the entire case was handled in a thoughtful, responsible way by DOJ and the FBI. I think the notion that FISA was abused here is nonsense. 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 Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. That's bizarre. Oh. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting to hear Comey come out and say that, and and you know, I guess you give him some credit for admitting it in uh, a little late. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you say, okay, here he is. He's at least saying it, but it's impossible to den- to deny at this point. And this is also the same guy, as you point out, who when this came out said it was complete vindication, um, which they uh, Chris Wallace asked him about and said, hey, uh, you know, you said this was complete vindication uh, for your position. Here's what the IG said about that. And they play the clip of the IG saying, no, it was definitely not complete vindication. Uh, there's massive problems here. And it's true. I mean, it's obvious, right? We're all, we all saw the report. We all can see and hear and read. Uh, so th- it was a weird PR attempt to come out and say you were vindicated and then 10 seconds later come out and say, well, you're right. Now, Comey's line on the vindication was to say, well, we were vindicated from the very worst accusations right so to say instead of saying like well what we were very worst accusations you were vindicated carter page that was he says you know and he's playing the line that the media was playing which is there was no political bias that was what the report said it said there was no political bias now it didn't say that it said there was no evidence there's no documentary evidence of political bias however 
The, it, the, how do you make how 17 else, right. errors and they're all going one way and they're not errors. They're changing documents, falsifying documents. Yeah, the only two explanations for this are political bias. They were doing they were breaking their own rules to target Trump. Right. That's right. one. And number two is they break their own rules all the time to get these uh, FISA warrants. And, and it's all tilted towards essentially conviction if you will right which is that's even worse that's worse i mean so which one is it is it that you always fix these things so that you can get the (laughs) fisa warrant or were you targeting trump for political reasons one of the two because the entire system is a disaster if they do this to everybody so in a way you kind of wish they were just doing it because they didn't like trump you know because at least then you don't have to completely scrap the entire system but honestly until we know the answer to that you pretty much have to scrap the entire system. If this is the way they're handling this, it's it's what every libertarian warned us about this entire time going back to the Bush right. administration. They were and absolutely apparently they right. were completely right. Completely right. Completely right. Completely vindicated. The, the libertarians were. Yes. Mm. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, you know, I, I was looking at the Boris uh, Johnson win and then looking at this impeachment and looking how the... The left here in America has been dealing with things and how they're trying to silence people. And I think there's a few lessons that really need to be learned. And I think the first thing is the silent majority is who the Democrats should be talking to and trying to relate to. Because it's the silent majority, not the loud minority, that actually goes out and votes. Right now, our society is built on silencing and making you feel alone, and you're in the majority. It's the same message I gave you during the 912 Project. You're not alone. You're not alone. There are millions of Americans who feel just like you do, and they're not all Republicans. Some are independent, some are Democrats, but they don't like the craziness that is happening right now. Social media... Social media is not the voice of the majority. Bots don't vote. Algorithms don't vote. People do. Algorithms make people discouraged. Algorithms make people feel alone. Algorithms make people stay home. So it's the majority voice... The silent majority voice that we need to pay attention to. If you're going to win an election, that's who you pay attention to. Not social media and certainly not the press. The third thing that I think everybody needs to learn is the mainstream media is no longer mainstream. It's not. And I don't mean it that they're, well, they're so far left. I mean, they're not really appealing to the mainstream anymore. They're not appealing to the silent majority. They're not appealing to people in the center of the country. And it has been replaced. But the mainstream media is has not been replaced by one entity. The mainstream media has been replaced by hundreds, hundreds of entities. So we've lost some of our cohesion. We've lost some of our unity. But I believe... Because we we no longer believe the mainstream media, we're better off for it. 
But you should know, mainstream media, it was your bias, your lies, your incompetence, your arrogance that drove your audience away. They didn't find something necessarily they like better. They just couldn't take you anymore. And you have sullied yourself so badly that it's over. Because you can't silence thought. You can't tell people over and over, the sky is green when we all know the sky is blue. We're not Sherlock Holmes. We do rely on investigations and investigative reporters. But we don't trust you anymore. The American people are smarter than you've given them credit for. And if the media doesn't learn that, the media is done. Done. I mean, close up the shop, sell the lights, sell the cameras. Nobody's buying. Nobody's watching. Close up shop. The same thing can be said, thank God, for the progressive era and the, the socialist, democratic socialist era. They are selling a load of goods that the world, quite honestly, doesn't want, except third world countries. And then once they get it, they don't want it either. The world's about to change, and it just might be for the better because of the arrogance of the left. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed, the podcast that you can hear daily wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the uh, program, Pat. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk about the election, but you know, so we had a little holiday music. How much did you pay for your Christmas tree? Do you have a fake one or a real one? I have a fake one. You have a fake one. Mm-hmm. Stu, fake one? Fake and proud. Fake and proud. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Why? Do you, are you, you have a real one? Uh, no, I have a fake one, uh, but I want to start buying new ones. And so I bought, uh, I bought one. We went out and got one um, at a tree farm up in Idaho. And it was, I think, $35. And it was seven feet, I think. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's amazing, uh, you know, out west. Do you know how much a tree costs in New York City? <laughs> a lot? A lot. Mm. What would you think? What would you think, Stu? For twenty this is a twenty foot, this is a Fraser fir. Twenty foot is a huge That's a huge tree. tree. I mean, it's a huge tree. So it's gotta be it's nuts. Gigantic. It's gotta be nuts. Probably I mean, you know, in New York City. I mean, you probably pay five hundred dollars for that in a normal place, so it's Double that, eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. I mean, that's a, that's a gigantic Pat, got a, tree. Got a clue? Got a got a got a got a guess? Well, I, I don't have a guess because I I know the story. This, I know the story, okay. so wouldn't be fair. Sixty-five hundred dollars, <laughs> six thousand nuts, five hundred dollars for there, a live tree. For a live tree. Is there a place in New York City that Jeffrey Epstein doesn't own where a tree that like that even fits? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you're like they're a ballroom mm-hmm. of a you know like a, a lobby of a hotel, right? I mean, so they are three hundred and twenty-five dollars per foot in New York City. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. nuts. 
That's some tree expected, disease in the east or and something? And you're expected to put presents underneath it? There's your present. It's a tree. <laughs> there it is. Merry Christmas, kids. Yeah. Didn't even have the money yeah. to put the lights on it. I, years ago, bought a 12-foot tree uh, that you can I, you can reuse over and over and over and over every year indefinitely. I like the one for you much notice, less than that. Do you notice uh, where the set's being decorated um, behind this set? There's another set, uh, and um, it's being built for Stephen Crowder's Christmas party, which is on Wednesday or Thursday, I think he's doing it live, uh, and he's got a bunch of people in. Have you seen how many trees are on the set? Many. And they're all fake, yeah, they're and they're all on wheels. And we just, when we're done, we just wheel them back into the tree area in the prop department. I love that. I love that, too. I mean, let's be honest about it. Fake, is, once. fake is much better. It, said, it is. said the stripper. Uh, but it's true <laughs> in this case. I think with trees, because I fought mm-hmm. it for a long time. I love this experience of, like, the real tree. Oh, yeah. I really, the I last one I married bought, to him, but I, not anymore. Not anymore. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, the same way. The last one I had, I we didn't take down fast enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it got mm-hmm. so rigid and stiff, we could not get it out the door. I had to individually cut <laughs> off every branch inside That's the house. That's the last to get straw it out. for everybody. Yeah, exactly. The mess. That it it was a disaster. Yeah. What was the latest you've ever had a tree up? I mean, even in, you know, college days, you know, when you were young. Longest you ever had a tree up? I mean, if it was, if it was up to me, I just... And, and I will say... Even to this day, what we do with the tree is take it down and then put it up in full form in the garage so we don't have to put it away. So it stays in our garage all year long up and not quite decorated, but has a lot, you know, some of the stuff on it already. Um, so I, I think that's the efficient way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, packing it away mm-hmm. like they have a bag for it. Oh, so you have to sit there with each individual branch and fluff out the branches every year. That, that's silly. Just keep it up. You are uh, lazy. So you are. You are. You are a god to me. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to go the other direction. No, no. You are a god to me. I put it in the. Well, when I say I, the kids <laughs> put it in the bag every year and take it out, and it's like it's a pain. Yeah, you know? I, I have neighbors a couple houses away. They showed us what they do. Uh, they have a rollaway wall in their living room. <laughs> a roll yeah, they, oh, yeah, they designed it, and they just they pull back the wall, push the tree on wheels back into uh, this little wall compartment. This close is close the wall, and you can't tell. Looks like you're just in the living room. That's America right there, and it's only yeah. for the tree. It's only for the tree. <laughs> and the Epstein Christmas had decorations. That, he had yeah, that, that too. Is brilliant. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein had that at his house too. It was for other <laughs> purposes. Pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only for it's the well. little girls. <laughs> That's the little you girls. Put them in there. Room. The police are there. It looks like it's a normal wall. <laughs> uh, all right. What uh, What's in the news that uh, strikes your fancy today, Pat? All right. Well, I'm just a little concerned about the uh, tainting, the delegitimizing of the 2020 election. That the Democrats are doing now, trying to claim that, okay, not only did did Donald Trump mess with the 2016 election with the Ukrainians uh, or the Russians or both Both. or whoever, but he's already tainted the 2020 election? How? I don't know. Um, His misconduct is going on. Oh, with Giuliani's trip to to Ukraine. Uh, Giuliani is apparently... Do they have any evidence of this no of course not i mean they haven't they have had any evidence, evidence of anything anything no anything they've got nothing and they they just continue to lie and lie and lie and lie yeah and it's 
it's extremely dangerous, I think, to our country. Bad. If you start saying that Donald Trump's election, because they know they're not going to be able to beat him, which is why they're already saying, well, he's already tainted the election, and and they they know they can't win. So when he does win, they're going to be claiming it's not legitimate, that he's he's been selected somehow. He's gotten there through cheating and and fraudulent means, and we're going to have... I mean, they're going to push us over the edge here mm. if they're not careful. I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. We need to make a, we need to go back and make a montage of all the times yes, they said the that Donald Trump was going to come out after the election and say it wasn't valid and, and therefore prove oh my you know that he right. was against he was right. against the you know the democracy American democracy it's at stake he he's going <laughs> to put it at risk. They're all doing mm-hmm. it. They all are still saying Stacey Abrams is the rightful governor of Georgia. Yeah, right. They like do. They, they, they yes. are. I mean, they do this every single time. Every time they lose. Every time yeah. they lose. Yep. Every time they lose, it's some there's some fraud that went on, so, and then they act as if the other side is doing it. So let me change the subject slightly here to go back to the impeachment, and I'd like to take calls next hour on this um should donald trump actually go and have the full verd uh, have the full trial now i have said yes because i think that uh, it won't be legitimate they'll just say oh the republicans just didn't do anything about it we swept it under the rug swept Mm -hmm. it under the rug so i don't think that's i don't think it's good and what I don't like swept under the rug is the, all of all of the truth about what the what the Democrats have done. Yeah, and needs this, to be shown. This is a sham, a total sham. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the uh, the concern is is that this is a setup because you could get anybody in the Senate. They they'll call witnesses and they'll call uh, John Bolton, who I don't think is a friend of the president's. Uh, they'll call John Bolton. They'll call people, and they'll they'll try to score points. And all you have to do is just peel a few people away. He's won already because the Democrat. Yeah. We, you have at least one Democrat that's going to defect this week. The real clear politics polling average on impeachment and removal is uh, underwater now for the first time. It's now uh, more people think Trump should not be removed from office on average, and it's uh, full partisan. I mean, you have a guy literally yep. leaving the Democratic Party. He's not just mm-hmm. voting. He's leaving the Democratic Party because he says this is ridiculous. This is this is a total sham. So he's leaving the Democratic Party, not just voting uh, uh, with the Republicans. He's leaving it. So you remember the reason why Nixon left office is because you started to have the Republicans go soft. Well, let's just remember... We're going to a Senate where Mitt Romney is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. two, there's just the possibility of of disaster, right? Somebody says the wrong thing that changes the storyline. Somebody screws up. Some new thing comes to light that we don't know about. And this is what mm. Mike Lee was saying when he was on last week. Even though Mike favors the trial, he's like, the argument is, if you've won already, just take the Sit win down. and leave. Don't don't sit there and continue the argument and then open yourself up for a possibility of something that you don't expect going wrong. Makes sense, but I still think it's too big, important for the big. country. Yeah, I say risk big, win big. I I think you got to go for it and expose what what they've done here. And set the rules. Set the rules in the Senate like they set them in the in the House. Like you have to. McConnell has to approve the witnesses. Mm-hmm. What's the second half so, of that phrase, though? 
Lose big. Lose big. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Are you prepared yeah. to have a, a Mitt Romney? Uh, let's say John Bolton no, comes out Romney and says, will. you know, he was just crazy and I had to leave because he was he was doing cocaine on the on the desk. <laughs> Uh, says something stupid, and then Romney says, "Yeah, you know what? I I'm leading this charge," and and you start to flip just a few Republicans. Do you? I think that's less of a risk of someone who so is I. friendly to the president going too far in his defense and saying something ridiculous. Like that's what? winds up I don't know winds up being the storyline. I mean, we've seen these things happen before, where someone. Uh, don't you want a shot at the whistleblower though? I do. It, Eric Sharamella. Right, but, but I, I, I that's, a, a, just, that's a federal I, I know. crime. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Come get me. Yeah. Come get so me. So here's the. Uh, oh, they will. <laughs> I know. Um, so here's the. But here's the the question because I'm I'm very clear. The right thing to do is to have the trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's just talk politics for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. Forget about the politics has nothing to do anymore with doing the right thing. That's for sure. So. Let's just talk politics. Are you prepared to lose, um, even if he doesn't, even if he's not impeached, Mm -hmm. to have this thing swing around to where 55% of the American people are like, "Ah, I want him impeached now. He should have been removed. I mean, I'm not probably not prepared for that. Uh but I just don't see that happening. I mean, it didn't happen in the House. Did you? See, it's going to happen you, in the more favorable me, Senate. Did did a have have you met the Republican Party? Yes, just yeah, betting yeah, on so incompetence. Uh, the betting yes, on yeah, incompetence is, is a safe safe thing. And yeah. uh, B, did you see Donald Trump being president of the United States? Because I didn't see that one coming either. I mean, there's <laughs> been like every day I I look at the news and I'm like, yeah, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, that's bizarre. There's definitely yeah. an argument for it here. However, you've got to step back and say, you know what, the political – there is political risk here, right? You don't know what the media gloms onto and turns into this big issue, and it might turn some public opinion. But secondarily, and and it shouldn't be secondary, is the consideration of whether it's the right thing to do. If this is really happening, it needs to be exposed. Yeah, and whether I you, so. you, it does. Yeah. And I, so I, I, you know, I come to, to Pat's side on this in the end in that, like – you know, Pat's you side. I, wait a minute. I didn't. You know, Pat's the smart one here, <laughs> and that's why I'm against. I was the dark one. I've been arguing the whole time. But that's the, why, Pat, your point is so brilliant. Is that uh, <laughs> the thing you've been telling Glenn to you say? Right. But, but you, I'm serious. You come oh, to that music started. Where I. <laughs> that's fine with me. I was going to defend you. It's time oh, no, to wait, stop the music. Stop the music. Go ahead. Go ahead. Defend. Pat, great idea on the whole uh, thing. Uh, thank you. Anyway, start the music. <laughs> We're going to go into the uh, the phones uh, and take your opinion on this next hour. Call us right now at 888-727-BECK. I'd like to just hear from, uh, from you. W- what should the Republicans do? Do you want to risk it? It's an open and shut deal. Uh, should everything come out and be exposed, or should we just move on? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. 
If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So what should happen with impeachment? Stu, I think we're both in agreement on what the right thing to do is, and that is expose what the Democrats have done and have a full trial and have it fair and free. Um, you know, have the have the Republicans in control, but, you know, I don't even know what that means because the Republicans, the Republicans... Oh. I mean, Mitch McConnell is saying, however, publicly... That he's basically letting Trump design this process, which is ridiculous. Why would you say that? Why would you <laughs> do a, that? It's a weird thing to say publicly. It's I mean, it's a so weird thing to stupid. Surely the the Democrats would do the same exactly the same thing. thing. However, sure. they probably wouldn't say it publicly, right? Um, and he's trying to basically signal to Republicans, "Hey, don't blame me if he doesn't want to do this trial because I'm letting him design the process." That's right. I mean, McConnell's just you know CYA here, right? But it is a bizarre thing to say publicly. And I would say that, you know, whether it's the better political move, I think, can be debated. I mean, because you can say they've already won this with the American people. Move on. Get to the election. You know, don't spend another minute on this than you have to. On the other hand, I think the right thing to do is that the real full story comes out. And so far, there has been no opportunity for that. And if you believe that you have the right side of that story... The American people should know about it. So now the question is, I agree with that, but the question is, Mitt Romney. By the way, <laughs> word in Utah is that Mitt Romney will not win a second term. He is, he is. Really? I yeah. don't know if I buy that. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. I've that. heard that. Um, all right. So um, you go into a trial and John Bolton or somebody who really is like, you know, likes Donald Trump and. You know, as Stu says, just as like, and another thing, he's really great, and he's building, a, he's building secret weapons to kill all of the people that are living in New Jersey. You'd be like, wait, what? I mean, anything can happen in a trial. Anything could happen in a trial. And all you need is somebody like Mitt Romney to peel away and start to say, you know, I don't know. And then, you, then it's just an avalanche. Then it could just be an avalanche. I, mean, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to get thrown out of office. I don't, it's not going to get to 67 senators. That no, I don't think so him. either. However, it, it could affect public opinion. Yep. If it looks like the, the Republicans are playing a, a partisan game the same way, mm-hmm. Democrats are dealing with that right now. Right? Like they are seen as just doing this partisan thing and dragging it out, and it's just a bunch of nonsense to so many people. And that's why the, the, the polls are turning against them. So which, The same thing could happen to Republicans. Which hurts the president more? A trial or no trial? What do you think should happen? The number is 888-727-BECK. Let's go to John in Georgia. Hello, John. Glenn, how are you? Very Merry good. Christmas everybody there. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Listen, I think there might be actually a third layer to this, and give me just five seconds to explain this. There's a potential Senate vote for dismissal, which is a simple majority. Mm-hmm. There's a potential Senate vote for acquittal. And then, of course, there's the full meal deal trial, which we all kind of in our, in our hearts want. But that middle option that Mitch McConnell has discussed previously of voting for acquittal right up front would actually attach double jeopardy. So if you only dismiss, then the Senate could potentially in his second term, excuse me, the House, uh, in his second term could come back on another bite at the impeachment apple. If they acquit, 
double jeopardy attaches, and this thing from a political uh, expediency standpoint would have to go away without the big, messy trial in terms of the beltway politics. So you vote for acquittal. I actually want the trial, but I'm too much of a cynic to believe that that will actually get the result that we that we would actually hope and pray for. Yeah, which is everything come out. Exactly. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen either. But if you did a trial, and even if he were impeached, as long as the, and removed from office, as long as the Senate, and they don't have to do this, as long as the Senate uh, wouldn't attach, uh, and you can never run for president again, because it's not automatically attached to that, you could impeach him, remove him from office, and the people could come back and elect him again uh, this fall. I can't. I just can't imagine a, a group of people removing a president this close to an election. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Let me go to Jim in Virginia. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Glenn. Thank you for taking my call. Thank and you. Thank you for all that you're doing to uh, wake up and educate America. Uh, your Ukraine special was truly uh, an award-winning, uh, award-worthy journalistic uh, investigation. Thank you very much. I appreciate I'm, that. I'm for the full trial, and I think they should take your Ukraine special and use that as a blueprint for the trial. But the, it, the problem is I don't think the leading Democrats or, excuse me, the leading Republicans in, in the Senate will do that, and this is the reason why. And you touched on it last week uh, when you talked about the one – news agency that actually sent reporters to the Ukraine to do investigations over there, and they came back with a report stating that uh, many of the leading Republicans in the Senate were also involved in Ukraine doing the same thing that the Democrats were doing, trying to influence the Ukraine's government, uh, being Lindsey Graham, uh, McCain, the traitor McCain, and uh, McConnell. Uh, so. I am for the full trial, but my hopes of it ever happening are, are slim and nil. I agree with you, Jim. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm still for a full trial, but uh, are you prepared to live with the consequence and not getting anything exposed? Because I think Jim's right. I don't see any. I mean, what, I mean, Stu, we have an open and shut case. Do we not? I mean, you know. What are you trying to prove, right? I mean, we've even said that there's not, you know, it's not criminal activity. The whistle, but, no, I'm saying the whistleblower, mm-hmm. open and shut. Uh, the the collusion, open and shut. Mm-hmm. The money laundering, open and shut. Yeah, All of this I, stuff, I think, is... I, we have a, the documents to show. Yeah. It. I mean, these are documents written by the people we're talking about. Yeah, I like mean, that. it's just open and shut. Why won't anyone use them? Why won't anyone in real authority and power step to the plate and use them? I mean, the most we've heard from people in real positions of authority and power is that it's a very complicated storyline and that the American people don't have the attention span for it. We sat through a year of the O.J. Simpson trial. A year. a long time ago, man. It's a long time ago. And we'll still do that for certain things, but... You know, look what happened. You know, th- this there's a there's an argument on the left, um, and this I think was believed by many on the left that one of the errors they made with the Russia situation was to go through it in such detail. So the idea was you have the whole Mueller report. You're you're sort of have this entire storyline under the microscope for an entire year, year and a half. 
And at the end of the day, the American people are like, oh, I've been hearing about this forever. Nothing ever seems to come out. Here's the report. It doesn't seem like it's not like the craziest thing, right? Like there's stuff in there that might be disturbing to you, but it was it never rose to the level of interest that was promised. It was a big it was a great trailer and a crappy movie, right? And the, the, so this is why they went with the Ukrainian thing, which was, okay, we've got a simple storyline. We've got a, a transcript of a call. We think it's bad. We can rush it through It will when it's still shocking to people. And they tried to do it quickly. Now, I don't know if that's the right thing. To me, it's certainly not the right thing for the country, obviously. But I'm saying from a democratic political perspective, was it the right move? I think it's showing that that didn't work either. One of the issues they have is that neither one of these situations was actually impeachable so that's kind of like you have a bad mm-hmm. baseline and maybe that's different with yeah, this because we have a good baseline we have a good baseline. Have a good baseline however can the american people focus long enough to actually take in all these details learn all these characters who they are what happened i mean it's a big ask for you know people who are like who are currently embracing tiktok as a platform <laughs> <laughs> i know let me go to uh rachel in ohio hello rachel Hi. Hi. This is an early Christmas present for me. You guys are my family. Oh, wow. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. So I think we should go with a full trial, too. Um, And then pray like crazy. Hmm. Because the the truth has to come out. And the truth actually will come out. It's just will come out in our lifetime. Uh, Yeah. Well, the truth is already out. But uh, nobody seems to embrace it. And I personally think that the only one that can make this happen is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is uniquely qualified to say, I might show up in the gallery today. I might just I might just walk in today and just decide to testify or we got some crazy things happening today in the Senate. Make sure you're watching. Um, I think he is such a sideshow that I think he could get people to actually watch the trial. And if they expose it and people are watching the trial, I think it's the end of the Democratic Party. I really, really do. Um, Because people are fair in America. And when you actually see what they were doing uh, and are still doing in Ukraine and all around the world with the State Department, nobody's going to want a part of that. Devil's advocate, are you prepared for a loss? Steve, welcome. How are you doing, Glenn? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, you know, I'm I'm thinking on this uh when this goes to the Senate, the question is is are the Republicans even gonna do anything with it? Because any witnesses they call, um, Democrats can be able to cross examine. And I just have to ask myself, how many of these Republicans are just as dirty as the Democrats? And you already see Lindsey Graham backing away from wanting a trial. Mm-hmm. Where are you calling so from? I'm calling from Utah. Romney country. <laughs> uh, we're going to try and get rid of him. He, he, I think, so I, I heard think this. He on name recognition alone. Yeah. He does not represent Utah values. Yeah, I was in St. George, and granted it was St. George, which I think is the cons- most conservative state, or the conservative county in Utah, which makes it the most conservative county in the country. It was nice. Anyway, um, uh, I was there over the weekend, and uh, somebody had told me Romney's Romney's in trouble. There, he's he's not popular in the state. Do you think that's true? Yeah, we're fed up with him. 
uh, like I said, I think people check that box on the ballot because they recognize the name, but we're, we're really hoping to get the word out that, that, you know, I mean, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing and he always has been. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you so much, Steve. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to come back here in just one minute back to your phone calls. So are you keeping track? What is the score so far? Everyone said trial, right? I know. We'll wait till we hear someone say they don't want the trial. But I think, you know, look, this, this audience is going to want to hear the information and want others to hear it. Uh, you know who doesn't take the weekend off? I mean, besides Santa. I mean, Santa takes the whole year off, except for, the, well, probably the last couple of weeks. He's probably. You just have the elves doing everything? Yeah, he has the elves doing everything, working around the clock. He's probably just working on his whip for the reindeer. You know, that's what, you know what he's like. <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. I want to tell you something they're doing in Dallas that I think is really, really cool. Operation Care is having a birthday party celebration for Jesus. Uh, you can find the information at opcare.org. Uh, Susie Jennings is on with us. Uh, Susie was with Baylor uh, University Medical Center in uh, Dallas, and then she she resigned that. She left there, and she she started Operation Care uh, and um, and said God's leading her life, and, and this is one of the things they're doing, and I just I love this story. Hello, Susie. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you. Yeah, great. Um, all right. So you in Dallas, you're known as the blanket lady. Um, yes, sir. And, and that's why. <laughs> because I started the ministry giving away blankets after my husband of nine years uh, disappeared from our home. He was in the military, committed suicide from a mental illness. Uh, he developed a um, chemical imbalance called serotonin deficiency and then uh, left, disappeared 30 days and was missing. We found his body in Atoka, Oklahoma. And when we found him, he had been dead for 30 days. Oh my we gosh. found him in a ravine in the hills of Atoka. And he was hiding there. And the farmer found his car. And the farmer only would go there once a month. And that's how his car was found. But he was missing March 9. We discovered him April 8, 1993. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Susie, but that changed your life. You started getting involved with the homeless uh, here in Dallas and started giving away blankets. And now you're doing a birthday party for Jesus, which I, I've, always, I've always asked them, my kids and everybody thinks I'm, I'm making this up. I think every Christmas dinner you should sing happy birthday and you should have candles on the cake. Now, maybe not you know, 2020, but, uh, you know, you should have candles on the cake because it's Jesus' birthday. Yes, sir. Yeah, and so that, that's uh, really what happened after my husband committed suicide. Uh, the Lord's put in my heart to help the homeless under the bridge living in downtown Dallas. And in the beginning, I really said, no, I'm not going to do that. They are crazy. They just like free stuff. And I could not stand homeless people. And the thing was, I asked God, what could I do for him after my husband died because I choose joy? So I asked God, what can I do for you? So I tell you, Glenn, do not ask God, what can you do for him if you are not prepared? Yeah, he'll tell you. you Yeah, he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So that's 
what it all started about was just a blanket in the street. So they called me blanket lady for eight years. That was what I did as a supervisor in Baylor Hospital. At the same time, I was helping the homeless. And then God gave me a big vision of holding this massive birthday party for Jesus where the guests are the homeless and the poor of Dallas Fort Worth. So that's we started that in 2004. So now we're 16 years old, Dallas Convention Center, the nation's largest event for the homeless and the poor with 10,000 to 21,000 people. We have 3,700 volunteers that come in one day to serve the poor and the homeless. And the heart of the ministry is prayer and evangelism. We tell them about God. We don't force nothing. We just ask them, how can we pray for you? Because it gives them hope. And then after that, we wash their feet. So we washed thousands of feet and put on socks and shoes, and we gave away blankets, sleeping bags, haircuts, makeover, flu shots, eyeglasses, dentists, free lawyers, uh, job counseling, housing availability. We partner with the community, and the children alone have a massive area. They have zip lines. They have rock wall climbing, pony rides, petting zoo, face painting, balloon artists. And now the vision has grown. Dallas is leading America. We're going to hold this party in 50 states next year. This year, next, this Saturday, 12 states representatives from different states are flying to Dallas. New York, I mean, New, uh, we have massive, we have Chicago, we have New York, we have Utah, we have Maryland, Florida, and we have Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Kansas, Georgia, That's Nebraska. Great. I mean, they're flying here to see how Dallas helped the poor and the homeless, and they will copy it in all the states next year, one day, 2020, where in the whole America will celebrate Jesus in the same day. How great is that? Now, Susie, let me ask you. You listed off an awful lot of stuff that's happening, and I did not hear the magic words, cake or cake-like <laughs> substance. Well, we have... 5,000 cupcakes. Okay, all right, uh, okay. Yeah, so we all have right. a birthday party. We have a birthday uh, party uh, uh, after, uh, at 12 noon. We have a, a girl. She is now Miss Cinderella. She's going to sing Happy Birthday, Jesus. And then we celebrate with 5,000 cupcakes. We're expecting 12,000 people, Glenn. 6,000 are DISD children, and 6,000 adults are coming. Wow. And 3,000 of these children are homeless. Sounds they like don't you... have any homes. Sounds like you need more cupcakes. Uh, how can <laughs> how can people help? Well, they we right now we are desperately needing uh, coats, shoes, and toys for children, and adult uh, coats for adult uh, large to three X for men. Those are the biggest, largest need for operation care. But they could really give us the funds wherein we could order in bulk because a coat, if we order it, it's only $11. If you buy it, it's like 20 to $30. Okay. So if they give us money, go to our website, opcare.org, O-P-C-A-R-E.org, and then they could donate. Or if they want to sponsor a child, it's $30 that go to a toy, a coat, and a, sh a pair of shoes for a child. And we have 3,000 children that don't have anything right now because we could not afford it. I'm just a little widow trying to help 12,000 people. <laughs> so I, I, I'm and we are in, and I quit my job. If you're aware of it, I, I left. Yeah, I did leave my job. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, you sound like just a little widow <laughs> <laughs> to be reckoned with, <laughs> like well, a little widow of a tornado. Um, Susie, <laughs> thank you so much. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.